Hey, and welcome to episode 22 of the Thodcast, Conversations About Animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke. Today, I'm joined by my brother, Dawson. And uh, Dawson, you're way back in Minnesota now. How are you liking it back there? Hey, yes, I am. I'm liking it a lot. All the snow has finally melted and it is raining. It's a beautiful rainy day. Perfect to be inside and do a podcast and talk about a TV show that we have both watched. Mm-hmm. Well, we're bringing back a subject from a previous episode. Episode two, we talked about the first season of Netflix's The Dragon Prince. Yeah, one of the first things we talked about. Yes, so Sword and Sorcery returns on the Thodcast, and it's actually our first conversation about a uh, TV series since the second episode, too. It's been nothing but movies since then. So we're going to so. revisit the Dragon Prince and uh, analyze the animation and fantasy uh, content found within this series that uh, appeals to us just ever so much. Um, so let's kind of just get right into it. Um, the book, it's book two. This is structured exactly like its spiritual predecessor, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Of course, uh, a couple, some of the people who worked on that series uh, created um, The Dragon Prince. So it's got a lot of stylistic similarities, a similar target audience. Um, so, yes, uh, book two of The Dragon Prince is titled Sky. The first book was Moon. Um, I wonder if there's an order to these uh, primal sources. The, these books, they're named after the primal sources of magic. Dawson, can you remember what those are? There's six there are six, yes. Moon, sky, um, ocean, or is it water, or is it ocean? They refer to it as ocean. Ocean. Um and la, land, earth. Yeah, or... earth. I, I feel like ocean and sea should be interchangeable as well as like earth and land. Sea, but earth I think land. they say ocean and earth. Ocean and earth. So, so moon, yeah. sky, earth, ocean, that's four. And then one is just magic, right? Um, or, no, that's or, the seventh source, the, the dark magic. Dark magic. Well, is it is it the cosmos then, or um, stars? Yes, yeah, stars. Stars. Exactly. Stars. Stars and, and I think a oh, more boy. localized than stars. A bit more local planets. Um, the sun. Yes. Yes, the sun. Of course, sun. Are yeah, they gonna but, make uh, six or seven whole books then? Um, hopefully at least six. I suppose if they did a seventh, they could uh, call it dark magic. But um, the this series, uh, this uh, season, I should say, is eight, is it eight episodes or nine episodes? Um, I've got the... Okay, these are each nine-episode seasons, so 18 uh, episodes in total. And this second season begins with General Amaya, entering the breach and then she's ambushed by sunfire elves and begins with kind of a striking dramatic uh, battle sequence uh, that has a bit of teeth to it and uh, it's you know impressive to see from a series like this very child-centric um, sometimes you get a little it gets a little nerfed in the uh, violence department which is fine but um, you, this this year this season had a few more um intense moments i feel 
It did. There were some there were some stakes sizzling up in this season once in a while. Yeah, uh, she. <laughs> you definitely see some of those uh, sunfire elves bite it in that opening sequence when she. Yeah, they fly off the cliff, right? Yeah. Or into like the lava. And so unless they have like crazy Daenerys fire resistance powers. Well, like, they are sunfire elves, so it's possible. I'm sure they're fire resistant, but probably not like lava proof. You wouldn't think. Maybe their essence is capable of. Uh, so transcending their bodies and then they can you know go on i mean they're elves so who knows how that works but uh, you know who knows because the shadow the moon shadow elves can turn it's invisible essentially oh. and yeah who knows yeah. how how uh there's a there's a power in dungeons and dragons where some invisibilities prevent you from being hit by uh by certain types of attacks so maybe their invisibility essentially okay. makes them ethereal maybe yeah. the sunfire elves are immune to all who we, we we don't know i would i hope not because <laughs> they can transition at will between phases of matter <laughs> ethereal and corporeal right mm -hmm. like the em emperor of course uh, in the uh, star wars episode 9 trailer <laughs> the, where in the force he is that is anyone's guess at this point but sheev palpatine walks or drifts or floats or I mean, is he a red is he a red force ghost yeah some aspect uh, of his <laughs> essence <laughs> i don't know i i think yeah with the dark side it works a little differently but um it, it, it'd be odd to see him come back as a traditional force ghost that's for sure yeah, we're recording this uh, April 17th, 2019. and uh, Which means you've probably <laughs> seen the Star Wars trailer and Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 1. That's right. So we'll weave some of those uh, popular topics into this recording as well. But, um, okay, so moving on to the rest of the uh, season, I guess, um, so I don't have any notes prepared if you're, if you've listened to the show and have tolerated it thus far, you might realize that things are a little bit free form and, you know, might edge into the disorganized, but, um, well, do you take notes when you watch TV <laughs> listener? No, you just, you watch it and you know, if you remember it or not, or if it made an impact or if it's, you remember it, if it's worth remembering and, uh, mm -hmm. Philip, what was your overall impression of the yeah. Dragon Prince? Take, take that uh, impact and reprocess it and extrapolate it into these narratives in the form of the podcast. But um, I, yeah, I, I uh, enjoyed it. It, um, there were some great, like, poignant moments. Uh, it sort of addressed a lot of the standard, I don't know, complaints or just tropes of the fantasy. Uh, tale, a fantasy epic tale like this, um, in in a fairly direct way, and I think that's uh, did just, it though. Well, what? you'll have to explain. Uh, I think the the one of the biggest takeaways is the moment when um, Harrow is uh, you know, you're hearing his voice as Callum's reading the letter that Harrow, King Harrow. Uh, bestowed onto Callum uh, upon his death. Yes, um, the letter which contains a secret, a lie, and a wish. Wish, mm -hmm. right. lie, secret, and a wish. Um, and we, it you know takes Callum a long time. Thankfully, like it, this was a great development on his part, like realization that he shouldn't just hold on to it as though 
Harrow, you know, it, it's a piece of Harrow that will forever be lost if, you know, if he does yeah. open the sequel, uh, uh, this seal. Once, once he reads it, there'll be the last words he has ever, he ever receives from his deceased stepfather. It's very Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Peter Quill, like his, uh, his mom's present. Like, he, he never opened oh. that until the conclusion of that film. Um, then yeah, un- unwrapped the greatness that is the Guardians or of the Awesome Mix Volume Two. But uh, in in this case, thankfully, it wasn't too long because there was very valuable information contained in that letter. You know, we realized that um, that the cube uh, is uh, a key, the key of Ar- Aravos. Um, Aravos is a character we were just introduced to. Um, what was it? The okay, no, it it, it is the season, right? That what? Air Erevos? Is that who the, 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 the that's who the dark elf is? Mm-hmm. Oh, is I, had, a, I had no idea. He was introduced um, this season. No, yes. no, no, no. Last? No, I th- I think he does because I remember it's episode two of this season. He um, Viren is finally able to see into the mirror. Into the mirror. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that was the first episode that I rewatched just to prepare for this. Um, cause I, I forgot, <laughs> uh, you know, of course, uh, lowest common denominator, my mind goes to shipping and I wanted to, I couldn't remember if, um, Callum and Claudia had kissed at the end of their, uh, little night, to, night out together. Um, and, and yeah, when that, Oh, course, they, it's mm-hmm. it's not it's that's not shown whether they do or not, right? Uh, they're about to. They would they're have. About, yeah, they would have. However, Claudia uh, remembers that Callum is still under the impression that Harrow is alive, and so she, you know, feels guilt. You know, her guilt over his being in the dark prevents her from really, you know, acting on her feelings. And uh, yeah, that's when Callum finds out Harrow's dead. Um, and then, then, yeah, it takes a while before Ezrin. Yeah, Callum basically take, has the exact same perspective Claudia did mm-hmm. to him uh, for Ezrin. Mm-hmm. So, good but, stuff. But, um, so yeah, uh, the key, uh, and this is, is veering away from the uh, the core takeaway that I had, which was, in fact, the, the lie, um, aspect of the letter harrow talks about how um the the way history is told and of course you could uh translate history to story and um how it's often presented by you know those who um have the authority as a you know as a tale of power a projection of power or strength uh, strength is the word he uses when it should really be viewed in terms of love. Uh, so I thought that was a, a great um, insight into how we so have history to history should be a record of love and not. Mm-hmm. Although it um, is, it's often presented in sort of bare uh, material political terms, um, right? Regarding. You know who conquered who, who or who triumphed. yeah which kingdoms lived when and mm-hmm. whereas it should uh, Th- be things like fame and uh, you know notoriety um, 
accomplishments you know the, the these are just sort of the uh, the basic things we look to as uh you know markers of significance but um they it's it's sort of an illusion that these things are you know what make um you know life important they, they're not the, the true um powers behind you know the progression of time and life on on earth yeah we're thinking about mm -hmm. and uh, yeah that's what i mean any powerful story is going to be more uh you know love is capable of unifying more than just you know I ideas surrounding strength and success but rather it does uh, incorporate you know vulnerability and uh, weakness and um you know, failure, you know, uh, other forms of connection. Yeah. Well, I, when he was, I was listening to Harold's rant about philosophy and I, I, I obviously don't remember all of his points with clarity, but I remember feeling just a little like mm -hmm. confused probably about it, or I don't know, it wasn't really hitting me or sinking in because it's, yes, love is the most powerful force in the universe and love always wins and love is, and, and it shouldn't be cliche because yes, everyone should approach this life like believing that love is the most important and powerful force ever. But it's like, come on, man, you're a king and you've got castles and you've got kingdoms. It's like honor and valor and courage and you know political domains they're not un they're not unimportant uh, no because, that's true yeah and so i i guess i i don't know if it was sort of i don't well, know I, I how think, deep of a point the show was trying to make or if yeah. it was trying you know but i mean it's it, important it, to yeah. recall, remember like these things are all temporary just like anything and um putting these as sort of the the main priority priority disproportionately over the finer details of life, you know, is, is going to only exacerbate the conflicts that arise that lead to the downfall of these, you know, more um, flaunted uh, pieces of our um, you know, humanity. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's backwards, obviously mm -hmm. if war and power and conquering is emphasized more than peace and love and, mm -hmm. and, uh, Hearth and home. Yeah, yes. Hearth. As Thorn, as Thorn Orkenshield would come to realize on his deathbed. Uh, mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Well, and Harrow also, um, he admits to one of his failings, which was sort of a short-sighted uh, decision he made to distance himself from Callum because, you know, his reasoning being that uh, he wanted Callum to feel close to his deceased father. And so he didn't want to get in the way of any feelings Callum had for, for his father. But the, yeah, I mean, you're, all you're doing is really <laughs> depriving Callum of an immediate sense of, uh, you know, closeness to a father figure. Yeah. Gosh, Harrow definitely, he seemed like a man who was really struggling with his own ideas and feelings. Like he, he just never really knew who he was or what was important as king of the world. And um, yeah. I, yeah, it's, well, it's hard to, you know, what's kind of, what's interesting about the show is how complex quote unquote, the characters are like, there isn't a straightforward mm -hmm. 
villain or you know claudia and soren who are the antagonists and you know mm-hmm. they also are relatable and cool and good in a lot of yeah. ways and blood they use blood magic but they're still good and viren is like he's not even viren the main bad guy isn't even um lying or about harrow's best friend he is harrow's best like he loves harrow mm-hmm. like really does but he's all, yeah. got all these bad ideas and and it's kind of cool how yeah like i said quote unquote complex it is but there's just so much that i, I that is unknown so far like viren is just probably one of the lamest antagonists i've ever seen in, in tv like what does he want why is he after it mm-hmm. and um it's, what's his deal? Yeah. Like, what's his his history with? And then the the one flashback scene they did show about, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. All that. None of that made really much sense to me. But well, they flash back to Harrow's coronation, and um, then the this famine um, that is solved through and uh, you know infiltrating uh, Zadia and um, you're retrieving the heart of this. You know, stone golem. Yeah, what was the controversy? It was like, if we kill a stone golem and take its heart, we can feed a kingdom for years or so. And his wife didn't want to do that, but Viren and Harrow did. Mm-hmm. And why not talk to Catalus and be, or not, no, Catal- Zadia, and be like, hey, we've got a kingdom yeah. in trouble, and can we use some of your magics? And I don't know, it just seemed yeah. like... <laughs> the, you kill a golem, save a whole kingdom. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't really. Yeah. It was a severe rift that, you know, I'm sure prevented any kind of um, you know, possibility for uh, diplomacy over that matter. It's possible because uh, there, there are actually five human kingdoms. It's, it's a penarchy. Um, so Catalis is, you know, Harrow's kingdom, uh, Neolandia, uh, ruled by King Alling. Uh, Evanir, ruled by Queen Farida, Durin, uh, ruled by the child queen Anya, and then Delbar, uh, ruled by King Florian. Um, and um, it's possible they thought that this famine, the, like the drought, might have been uh, a curse from Zadia. So this was just sort of a retaliation. Um, but yeah, it, uh, uh, that was, I mean, it was an exciting little adventure we get to uh, experience and then that's what lit, led to the death of um queen saraya um, wife of harrow um and then you know you, you get some development with the the kingdoms and the the council of zadia or catalis um growing ever more skeptical of viren for uh, forging the king's signature in order to summon the council of the, the pentarchy yeah, what he thought he was gonna get away with that? Like, the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he this said guy. that that um, he claimed that Prince Ezrin had appointed him as regent. Um, I, I can't remember what uh, did he say to them that Ezrin had been captured by Moonshadow Elves. Um, I'm trying to remember what he he maintained as the reason why Ezrin wasn't present. Yeah, I think so. Captured. Yeah. I, I, or let's see. Or did he... Because they, they know that Ezrin still lies, like the Council of Catalus. Um, and they, then, how, how do they know that he's still alive? Well, um, 
yeah, because Viren isn't king. Um, it, they don't. His uh, situation is like currently at large, I think. And uh, Corvus is out searching for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Corvus, the guy with the chain weapons. Um, Who's he a vassal or a soldier for? Catalis? Because. Um, yeah, yes. I mean. Okay, so is the official mission to find them, but the task he specifically gave Soren is to kill them? Yeah, yeah. Soren and Claudia, of course, were. Um, given the task of f finding Ezra and Callum, and then Soren specifically was uh, instructed to kill them by Viren, um, which we see you know get developed in in the season where um, he tries to do so in, in kind of discreet manners. Um, so yeah, Soren clearly has a lot of conflicts about. Um, you know, being uh, you know, traitor to the yeah. kingdom. You got your dad who you love, and you got your friends who've been your lifelong friends, and your dad suddenly tells you to kill your friends. The way how Soren dealt with that didn't it's a little wishy washy, yeah. None of it none of it's really working for me. I, I'm and not not that I need to just like this podcast needs to be a purely like my no, reactions I to that kind of thing. Um, because like I, I am giving and I'm gonna keep watching the show as they make it. I'm gonna I'm giving this show every benefit of the doubt because mm -hmm. I want I want it to succeed. I, I love what it's trying to do, I love the writer. Um Oh yeah, I mean if they make seven seasons of this show and like it just doesn't, you know, necessarily fire on all cylinders, I uh I'll still watch every episode and I think we should continue to do these recaps. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. And probably sooner after the series ends. Cause yeah, I, I should have more notes, but like, there's really not, I, each episode just, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to revisit them. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care. Like honestly, until, until the end, uh, when, when more interesting and serious things started happening, like, um, mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, because like just little little details would would constantly shake me out of it. Like, okay, we have to save the the flashback. Um, Carol and his wife have this lovely relationship, and then we have to save a kingdom from starvation. We'll kill a rock golem to do it. And it's like that's such a basic quest, like such a basic video game quest mm -hmm. that his wife had such a moral issue with that was just really annoying they didn't explain like why what's what's the big deal about killing the stone golem is it a, is it a deity is it i mean yeah like taking life is always something that you should never do lightly but i mean come on it's a rock golem and we're talking about an entire kingdom like it's a you know i guess the whole theme of like you know nothing should be so easy you know, maybe if they could have played that up, like, if we do attack this thing, like, we will invoke a curse of Zadie or a curse of magic, or, like, we just shouldn't even, you know, dabble with it at all. I don't even... Was Viren a blood mage at that point in history? I don't I don't know. But then, of course, just what, what upset me so much and just made me not even care about the show anymore was when the dragon showed up and started attacking. That was horrible. Everything about that was horrible. Hmm. Um, because 
this giant dragon and it cast lightning out of its mouth and didn't instantly annihilate. I mean, maybe in it, it's because I have, I, I just am used to Game of Thrones now. So like kids fantasy, it's like a dra- dragon isn't going to miss. A giant guardian dragon with lightning from its mouth is not going to miss. It's not going yeah. to misjudge its timing or its attacks. That was one, thunder. One or, yeah, one or, yeah, one or two guys on a horse versus a dragon. They're just done. Like, it's, write your story in a way that makes more sense, please. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's that, really frustrating. I, I, that was a sequence that I did not rewatch fully. So, uh, yeah, I'm not totally, uh, I can't totally remember. Well, because it was a, it was a typical trope of like we someone needed to go back for some oh 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 yeah the well, dragon Viren, yeah like Viren stays behind and um, allows them to escape but then you know it's, so Rai goes the, after he's him. the only one who can make use of that that stone um, and the magical you know rock golem heart so Sarai goes back to rescue him so that he can at least he can make it out so that you know he can use his magic um, yeah it was and, all yeah those queens were killed um i think that was before viren got stuck back yeah the queens defending. were killed by the by the rock column if I'm yeah right. so they gave their lives for their nation i guess um i mean uh, yeah uh, that that whole sequence was i mean it was interesting i mean maybe um Viren's magic allowed them to, you know, slip in, uh, you know, and evade attack from uh, fr- from lightning, you know, being issued from the dragon. I don't know. Um, I thought the uh, the later scene of the dragon dis- destruction was well done. The fire that was dragon. much that was much better done. That that was much more intense intense because you like you the dragon was an actual threat you saw it as a threat and it did i mean the the blow it struck to overconfident soren and the consequences of that was that was really satisfying storytelling mm-hmm. um and then claudia's mad search for a cure and realizing that maybe magic can't cure everything or solve everything Mm-hmm. Of course, she it does solve everything, as mm-hmm. she ended up finding uh, some kind of cure. But I, I think that's going to have consequences. It seems like they're setting up that that's going to have consequences of its own. Like she, yeah, she lost uh, some of the color in her hair. She, she got a, a, a rogue strip, <laughs> which is all the rage. So that's. <laughs> but yeah, if she keeps it up, is she going to become old and decrepit, or like permanently her eyes change and glow? turn into a lich or something um well yeah that and that's what uh, viren looks like at the end of the season with uh you know him having done that crazy spell to terrorize the five kingdoms or i guess the four other kingdoms aren't on board with his uh, his plan to invade zadia yeah he they're going they're both submitting to this mm-hmm. desire to use whatever means necessary mm-hmm. to achieve their ends um which I th- would probably ties into the theme of what Harrow is is warning about in the first place, mm-hmm. um, and so that's it. Yeah, that's interesting to like. I'm looking forward to seeing how these characters progress and what what happens to them next because mm-hmm. Claudia is very lovable, and so is Soren, um, <laughs> and Viren. You know what what's up with him and the Aravos guy, whose voice do I 
pretty sure it's the actor who played Three Dog in Fallout Three. So he's done a nice job. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, really, let's see. Eric Dellums. That's the name of the actor. Um, I think you're right about Fallout, but I'd recognize those tones anywhere. Yeah, he's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Three Dog. That's right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure an Avatar character, but I, I can't remember who. Okay, and it then, wasn't Co the Face yeah. Dealer, was it? Maybe. Uh, he he was the narrator, though, right at the beginning of. Okay, he, yeah, he plays Co the the face. That's dealer. right, mm-hmm. Co and Three Dog. I knew it. Mm-hmm. See, you don't need notes. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Why is he so eager to help Vera? And I, I guess if he's that's hurt. another thing. That's <laughs> not like what. <laughs> I mean, who knows what he's up to ultimately. He reveals his name to Viren, but then like when Viren searches through the library for any references to him, the pages disappear. So there's you know plenty of mischievous cool. goings on. Yeah, in that in that sense. And then when he um, when Arvas helps Viren send those plagues to the uh, neighboring kingdoms like then that's when like the the council of zadia comes in and other of catalus comes in and arrests viren viren you know insists that erevos betrayed him but erevos denies it and um yeah that's one of the last moments of of the season of erevos remains with viren as he's being apprehended through the little uh, grub that acts as yeah, the, the little ear, grub, earpiece, the earpiece grub, uh, caterpillar. <laughs> uh, it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's fun. The ritual, the mirror ritual, like all that stuff is really interesting. And mm-hmm. obviously, Viren, yes, this guy on the other side of the mirror is using you as a puppet for something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think he's sort of um, amoral, though, the, the Avarice character. Like he's he's a chaotic, neutral yeah you know he does really interesting to see what he does because it it seems like he's probably that mysterious villain like ultra villain that the that the show is setting up maybe could have set up a little sooner or you know his concerns are just so high above everything else that i mean sure they might bring destruction to the human kingdoms or or to zadia but to him it's just you know the natural course of of, uh, you know how how things should be of entropy i guess uh, play, playing out is that is that a guess about like what Erevos's end game is because he's clearly a, a moon shadow elf right or I, is a, he a moon shadow elf uh, or a dark elf or a what's, drow or some what's the stars version of elf because he looks like he has stars oh like, star shiny his... elf star shine elf yeah uh, see the uh, when when we come back for season three, we'll hopefully be a little bit more brushed up on the uh, <laughs> the lore. Um, how, well, yeah, well, technology. you can't I don't really even get think... brushed up on the lore. Yeah. Until you provide lore, though, so that's mm-hmm. an issue again. Yeah, know, they may not so. have named all of the various factions yet. And like, how? Where did you find the name of the kings and and their kingdoms? Like, were they all stated in the show? Because I definitely don't remember, and none of them had memorable personalities. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, the Dragon Prince Wiki uh, for the for the kingdoms. I don't know if the kingdoms' names or or their monarchs were mentioned in the sh- actual show. Maybe maybe not all of them. 
some of them. But uh, yeah, that's some of the stuff has probably just been revealed through the creators, um, you know, the website. Um, there's there are a few guides on the website to um, some of the you know, core uh, components, of the world and the characters. It is definitely all shot in such a way to indicate that no one's very important. Like Viren walks in and it's close up on Viren and here are all these guys in a room and there's never like close ups on these characters faces so that you get a sense of, you know, what they might be about or how they might feel or think or, you know, Mm -hmm. highlighting that each of these Kings and Queens is important and that their kingdoms, you know, matter. It's, it's not shot very creatively. Well, except, Mm-hmm. The that, daughter, the the young queen, obviously, is the mm-hmm. only one. It gets the most time devoted to her, and she's a copy of Liana. Um, it's the, what a cost um, or whatever. Oh yeah, Liana Mor- Liana Mormont. Mormont. Mm-hmm. Yeah, From Game of Thrones. Um, well, yeah, the one. Um, well, I guess I I think that's possibly meant to show that these kingdoms just aren't all that significant, at least for the story. I I don't yeah, think they will which, play much a role yeah and that's kind of a bummer i mean i just think and you know you hate well okay yeah i'm gonna compare it to avatar because that shows literally flawless but like every character there's so many characters and you you just get this sense of scope and magnitude every time you're introduced to a new kingdom a new nation frankly a new village like the mayor of the town that uh, burns the Kyoshi statue is a more memorable character than any of these kings of nations, you know, like, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. I, I feel like it might be partially a phenomenon, you know, either contained to this era in which we're just oversaturated with entertainment or or to netflix shows in general like yeah i i feel like a lot of these netflix series just don't quite have the connective tissue or the connective know, the tissue reinforcing. is a really good word for it <laughs> yeah they're not as fibrous as other series that might require a bit more vetting in order to um see fruition um but, but I mean, I, this is a fine enough show, it, but it does show that it's it's got a few more, you know, holes, I guess, um, with just how the, the animation style is, is done, you know, to be, it is meant to be more economical, of course, than like... Economical is another good word for it. Yeah. Like, kind of rushed, economical. Okay, okay, here's what it is. Here's what it is. This show is content. Yeah. Not art. <laughs> um, I, there's plenty of art here still. But. There's plenty of art. Oh, there's plenty of art there. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, and and creativity and imagination. Like, uh, none of these guys who are working on this. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. Like, they're mm-hmm. they're trying to tell a story, and mm-hmm. they've they've obviously got technological and artistic chops. They're, but um, yeah, they're constraints. But, they're time constraints. They're yeah, content constraints. Yeah, you know. And I need to learn more about just how Netflix operates anyway. Like how there people make something and Netflix buys it and how much or, or what, I don't know what the agreements are uh, with. Um, I think this is um, more directly through Netflix. I think they have their own executives that oversee 
this, this show specifically. Um, okay. So it's it's sort Netflix of Netflix isn't distributing. It's literally like Netflix is producing. Yeah, it's like okay. these guys, these you know, like it was for Nickelodeon with Avatar, but for Netflix with the the, the Dragon Prince. I think they they could have stood to to put to put some of that more connective tissue in there to fill it with a bit more blood and heart and um mm-hmm. like uh you know, i i was talking to a friend about the show the other day and and in avatar in one of the earlier episodes they meet a bunch of pirates and the the reveal of the pirates and the situation where they are and the look of all the pirates and the voices and personalities of the pirates and then the main characters reactions to the pirates like Sokka is like those are pirates and you know you think he might be afraid at first but then he reveal reveals like any of us would be just stoked to meet pirates even if they're bad guys mm-hmm. um and then this show they they need to find a ship and a crew in the second season and like any that's one of my favorite things in any show is when the characters need to find a ship and a crew um it's like all oh, right they need to get somewhere they need to find a ship who are these characters going to be like and it's it's one guy standing yeah. at the end of a end of a dock um Captain. love that love that yeah. he's got the two eye patches and the and a talking bird like that's great but it's just one guy on one ship and he doesn't take him very far and he monologues at them and then it's kind of over and i don't know just do you remember his name no <laughs> villads captain villads or i can't even i don't like I. why is his name captain captain yeah. Maybe Slovakian name, maybe Vilads, like Vlad, or yeah, V I L L A D S, um, is the name of the director of all eighteen episodes of the series, Vilad Spengsberg. He's a Danish film director and producer. Um, he's also worked okay. on Lego Elves and the Lego Elves. Uh, really wait is that a show because i know there's product but i'm i don't know if there's like a yeah um that's it's a tv series there there are a couple spinoffs um but yeah that would make sense i i saw a a lego so this is funny and the target i used to work in the back i would always see this lego elves box but i never we never sold any lego elves products on the floor so then I've kind of casually wanted without looking very hard, is this a product that is for sale now that like people are buying or what's the popularity? It looked it looked cool. Like the arts, I can see the connection to the art style. You know, there's even a there's a wicked elf sorcerer who looks like Viren and such. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder if it's an interesting show at all. Yeah, it's yeah, probably a good choice to have him be involved in this one having been uh experienced in similar subject matter trying to figure out how to pronounce this villas i guess they don't necessarily pronounce the d in danish um but they don't pronounce the v the first the the d the d villas villas uh (laughs) yeah so sorry i didn't uh check the pronunciation on that before uh doing this episode because yeah I, I always hate it when i'm listening to podcasts and like people are talking about characters from a show they're you know they've just watched and they're saying them all wrong it's like didn't you <laughs> yeah i mean we're talking we haven't just watched it and we're also 
I mean, I always think if I can't remember a character's name, that that tells me something about the show. Yeah. Well, and I I just didn't um, have the best presence of mind. I think when I watched this the first you know these eight episodes or nine episodes the first time because um, there's just a lot I couldn't remember, and so I did revisit most or uh, some of the episodes um, and then just did some research online in preparation for this. But yeah. you, you really have to be locked in. And, and you know, there are ways you can, um, inc- you know, improve that, you know, your retention of something. Um, but yeah. it also requires, you know, the, uh, the thing that you're trying to retain to be um, compelling as well. Worthy of retaining, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Game of Thrones very similar for me. There's just so much that gets totally lost uh, following. Yeah, in watch the gap in between. Um, well, follow, yeah, following a single. It, well, what I was, I was very surprised. Uh, I, I had to fill someone in on what what had happened in the first seven seasons. I was able to remember basically the main train of what was going on. Um, pretty well i didn't have to obviously like there's so many little details or whatever but you know main events Mm -hmm. and main character relationships and interactions and names i was able to remember okay there's so many side and tertiary characters and events that happen that i definitely couldn't remember and Mm -hmm. i I hope no one you know would be faulted for that uh if i was watching the show when i was eight or 12 i probably could remember literally everybody um yeah uh, <laughs> it's getting harder later in life because it's just adulthood comes with so many other that must be that must be what it is <laughs> i get you know we we would refer to these as more important concerns but well i lament it yeah and i mean mom and like our parents i we would watch something and i'd talk to them about it and they're like what's that and i'm like we just don't we just watched it you don't remember their names and it's like i don't now i get it i get yeah. why that's harder that it used to yeah. be. I'm I'm trying not to lose that. I'm I've only recently come to really um, deliberately try to thwart or uh, you know avoid that um, to avoid amnesia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, dementia. <laughs> to counteract <laughs> the the post watch amnesia, and uh, yeah, but it's you know. It's just a practice you have to maintain. One uh, key moment before we maybe move into Game of Thrones a little more is uh, at the end of this this season, um, one key detail is that the bird, Pip, escapes Viren's stronghold. Um, the, the cage gets knocked over, and um, you see the bird fly away off into the sky, into the night sky. The bird, we suppose, might be Harrow, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a um, key thread in season three. You know, what happens to the bird? You know, who, who, you know, does he go off and join the, you know, the faceless men? <laughs> a bird is no one. <laughs> exactly. A bird has no name. Of course, yeah. Um, I, as Mondius learn to fly at the end of the season and oh of course i i feel like the biggest plot detail probably is uh callum's learns yeah he learns how to uh, tap into the uh the sky arcanum 
the primal source is now accessible to a human for what might be the first time ever, um, at least as far as this kingdom's recorded history is concerned. Was Ka Kayla's Ka Kati? Oh my gosh, Catalis? <laughs> uh, no, the girl. Oh, Kate. Rayla. What? Rayla. Wow. Uh, was yeah. her reaction to that the most underwhelming thing you'd ever seen? Or he, he's uh, in this coma and she's. <laughs> it was kind of sweet how she was looking after him while he was in the coma, which that, by the way, was super dope. The delving into the darkness of the soul. I love that. that. Like that, that was so ab abstract and avant garde. That was mm -hmm. cool stuff. It was um, a total reinvigoration of the series for me. Was, I agree. I absolutely agree. Callum going into his heart to unlock the Arcanum. Yeah, yes, mm -hmm. totally reinvigorating. Uh, and But then, yeah, he wakes up and says, I know the Arcanum. And she's like, noidy doy, I'm a skeptical <laughs> Scottish person and or Irish or whatever. And <laughs> and then he demonstrates his thumb and casts wind. And she's like, oh, wow. Instead of the first time a non-magic user, this what could this be? You know, just like some more flipping and jumping and dancing and whimsy. She, Where's the whimsy in this darn kid's fantasy? Becomes show? an ego raptor cartoon. <laughs> an ego. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> ding ding ding. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, because he's told at the beginning of the season by Lujan, the Moonshadow illusionist elf um and, and if that's not the right pronunciation i i apologize but um that, that it's never been done the, you know the humans just they aren't born with the primal source so they can't use magic other than dark magic which they don't consider magic yes it is a it is a abomination abomination i was gonna say aberration that's oh yes term. uh but abominations better um well abomination is what they cause aberration is what it is ah uh, good 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 yes yeah, so i'm very excited for callum to have magic now i hope rayla starts becoming cool and interesting and no i'm kidding <laughs> oh i loved ezra's decision to go back home that was really cool uh you know the mm -hmm. usually it's um oh oh member of the party or fellowship like your kingdom or you know king your kingdom needs you and then no i'm on this quest this is more important kingdom fend for yourself no well baby kid ezrin is going to go back and assume the throne which is really cool they're um, splitting well, the fellowship and this yeah. uh, actually does somewhat uh confirm one of our theories that callum would go on to have an, an important relationship with azimandius Ah, uh, yes. And uh, his relationship and also, well, with Rayla. It'll be interesting to see how if how they develop as friends without Ezra's young eyes watching. Oh, I'm just, uh, yes. well, no, uh, no, not really. Let's well, raise our flags and hoist the sails. Rayla clearly is interested in him, which I, I came as a surprise to me. I thought she was totally not interested in anything at all like that which was you know fine because yeah i mean the, they their chemistry together is sort of on the same plane as like you, you saw shazam of course and uh billy batson i thought he was gonna have a little spark with his foster sister mary the older sister yeah i did like too <laughs> i wanted that yeah maybe in the sequel uh, but yeah, I mean, Claudia is, of course, you know, the 
main love interest for Callum, but you know that Rayla's the think... adventurous, exotic <laughs> outside force coming in. But Claudia is also exotic because she's anyway. Well, the, yeah, the show's not always portraying Claudia in the most flattering way. So, no, yeah, it. <sighs> I'm con- like, are they, do they want their audience to not like Claudia? Cause I do. So if that's the case, I, I, I mean, <laughs> she's, well, she's so odd. That's what's so interesting. Charming. Well, not even charm. She's like not charming actually. Yeah. It was really odd. <laughs> the interesting moment about her revealing her past and, and her mom um, leaving the kids with their father Oh yeah, so, that was a lot. Yeah, well, that might be pursued later in the show. What exactly happened to her mom? Um, she could end up uh, being a significant character. Yeah, let's just fire these character characterizations off on all cylinders in the next season. You know, we got lots of good backstories and motives and uh, emotions running hot and high as they cross the volcanic border into Zadia. So. Yeah, yes, I, but, I'm excited Dawson, for the potential of the third season. Yeah, one does not simply cross and walk into Zadia. Actually, one does simply walk into Zadia, <laughs> as Rayla would say. Mm. Yeah. As Rayla literally did say. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, we got our meme Lord of the Rings meme line meme line into the show. Yes, we got our Peter Porker hammer space mallet just drummed over our heads yeah lord of the rings quotations yeah i'm i'm like not mad that they did it it was extremely noticeable and you know took you out of the world but it's a fantasy world anyway so i guess who cares and mm-hmm. i don't know i are you like how do you feel about that Line. Well, Did it that just seemed, like shatter every fourth wall ever, or like what? Uh, I was kind of justified later where they don't go into, they don't walk into Zadia the usual way. They they go the path of Shelob by uh, finding <laughs> <laughs> the steps of Kilifungo. Yeah, there is an alternate secret path that does allow them to simply walk into Zadia but only under the light of the full moon or, or, you know, it requires darkness. So the moon can shine and light up the runes on the path. And then um, Asmondius learns to fly because he needs to block the sun as it's rising and causing the runes on the safe stones to, to uh, fade. Of course, uh, this is, you know, this moment would I'm sure bring to mind a very obvious reference from another famous franchise, Indiana Jones. Oh yes, and the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Jehovah starts with an I. Always remember that when you need to cross a stony path. Mm-hmm. So um, next up will be the leap from the lion's head. Don't you yes. worry. Yes. So you you started by saying the show kind of like subverts some tropes, and it has its fair share of tropes, and. Um, you know. I mean, I like the nod to Sailor Moon when uh, Rayla's demonstrating her connection to the uh, primal source. 
Yeah, which I didn't. I'm not familiar, so I missed that one. But that that's a yeah. fun nod. I think the the reason the the one does not simply not like I, that's one of my favorite memes and lines of all time. And to put it in yeah. a fantasy show, I should be the greatest idea. But Callum kind of like he paused, straightened his posture, held up a finger, closed his eyes, and said it like he was yeah. quoting the meme almost or quoting a passage from a tome in their universe or whatever, rather than just saying it somehow kind of naturally maybe i don't know mm-hmm. so yeah it, it did labor on it a little bit too much um yeah uh, i don't know there, if i can think of any other good references um the the, the show is full of them um but yeah the uh, i guess that pretty much concludes our analysis of yeah sort of the main details of the season um, i'm guessing next saying. season will be sun because uh, you're dealing with the uh the dragon we get a reveal of the king of the or, or what is it the sun arch dragon uh soul reagan or something um, soul reagan all right um it's, it's soul something soul reagan s-o-l uh, as in sun and then R E G um E N. So R E G E M Soul Regum. Soul Regum. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So it, it basically means Sun King. Um the That's he, less cool. <laughs> he wasn't king of the dragons. Thunder was the, the arch dragon of sky but also the king of the dragons. So I wonder what made uh, Thunder you know, superior to the other dragons. Maybe it's the fact that Sky like unites everything else. Um, like if yeah. you're just talking about land, you know, it can't really get affected by the water as as easily, or you know, oh, you know, the ocean not as affected by land. But sky kind of is the, the bridge. Maybe the power of thunder and lightning itself. Like, mm-hmm. what's more powerful than lightning? I. I don't know. Hard to think of anything. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the the dragon that gets uh, wounded in this season, I believe, is the, the queen or the um, not not the main dragon queen, but probably the counterpart to Soul Regum because she's a fire dragon. Mm. Uh, and yeah, the the whole like Soren getting wounded was interesting. The we we did think for a while that it might be a permanent, uh, you know, result of of his uh, you know attempt to kill the dragon that he might be rendered paraplegic for the remainder of the series. And it seemed as though magic wasn't making any effect. I I thought that was kind of odd because like you'd think magic should be able to do anything and like if they did leave him as paraplegic it'd really more be because they wanted to have like representation of, of someone with a disability I yeah but then I mean, again like it, it was sort of justified in that soren didn't necessarily want to be healed at the same that time. was okay thank you for reminding me that was kind of cool and crazy all the stuff he kept saying about you know being in that situation it's like i can't move i can't feel i like Jamie Lannister losing his hand, Soren losing his whole body. Like, great, now that I don't have to move, I can devote my life to 
poetry and mm-hmm. song and because that would have been kind of interesting. I and 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 all those expectations on him suddenly he didn't have any more. That was like a really ooh, that was kind of a cathartic thing to hear, honestly. Um so yeah, but then he was cured. Yeah, it, you know, it's it I like in fantasy worlds when there are some, you know, there are some wounds go too deep or whatever that they can't deal. They're like, there's too much damage or it's too complicated of an injury. And you like a full spinal collapse dealt by a dragon. But Soren is also so I felt like he wasn't done yet as a warrior. So I'm glad I'm glad that there was they found a nice compromise where it wasn't like, oh, gosh, this character is completely done now with fighting and moving for the rest of the series or or nope magic healed him right away it was like he had to go through we went through with him that process of facing the reality of permanent paralyzation but he was ultimately healed and to what effect we don't know claudia might just uh go take a one-way ticket to crazy town after that (laughs) exertion so well I'm more curious on who has a one way to get to Bone Town. <laughs> oh, oh, and that brings us to Game of Thrones episode one recap. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, I um, mean, yeah, we'll maybe touch on a few interesting things. In journeys, there are always surprises. Things never go as you plan. But something incredible happened. Now, we're taking care of someone new. There are reports of shadows in the clouds. Dragons flying high above the towns of Catullus. And Sunfire Elves are gathering near the border. An invasion is imminent. We must be prepared to fight. Our top priority must be finding the princes. Dark forces are pursuing you. Nobody likes dark forces. War is coming like the world's never seen, unless we get the wee dragon home to his mom. But he's so little, he still needs to learn how to fly. (laughs) I want to learn primal magic, but you have to be born with that magic inside you. That's the great thing about dark magic. You just take creatures that are born with magic inside and squeeze it out of them. We can't trust Soren and Claudia. Real trust is about accepting even the dark parts we will never know. This mission, it's the most important thing we'll ever do. Hello again, fella humans, human fellas. Oh, you're gonna love this. I'm a huge fan of human Rayla. Humanity could face extinction if we don't do something. Someone has to take a stand when no one else will. Do you know what Dragon Prince was was way better than? What? What's that? The flying sequence in Game of Thrones season eight, episode one. That's true. And and yeah, like <laughs> sort of final final note on the Dragon Prince. It does sound like we really came around towards the end of the season. So I I would say that it did go out on a high note. Yeah. Oh yeah. Out on a high note for sure. Mm-hmm. There was enough really, really interesting, cool things mm-hmm. that happened to mm-hmm. really, you know, bring I thought it would man applauding mm-hmm. the leaguer's start, but then mm-hmm. really, really got really got revived. So Yeah. I don't know. You you did read to me something that someone sent you, sort of reviewing, I don't know if it was the first few episodes of Dragon Prince season two, 
Um, I don't know if that's worth reading on the show, but um, uh, otherwise we can. Yeah, uh, we'll move okay. on. Yeah, 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 because we did really come around towards the end. But um, yeah, the that was interesting. I mean, I, I liked just the very matter of fact way episode one, season eight, Game of Thrones dealt with a lot of the, uh, you know, the plot revelations. And I don't know, um, let's not- Character, Characters walked toward each other, stood mm-hmm. next to each other, talked to each other, and then it cut to another one of those. And mm-hmm. Bran stared them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the se- yeah the sequence of of events in that first episode yes it was arrival in Winterfell get stared at and by Bran listen to him say something really strange to you and then reunite with someone you knew and um, it was a very boring episode but that's not a problem because uh, the season is, is short and is about I mean we all know it's gonna get wild so I I shouldn't have been expecting guns blazing from the get-go uh because we can you know we can afford to build into that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. all right well i guess uh, a, a few spoilers from here on out but um you, you know we're pretty much done talking about dragon prince so uh if, if that's all you came here for then uh uh the episode is yeah just just we're only mentioning because yeah. it's popular and because there's dragons and because mm-hmm. why not? So yeah, a couple of brief brief notes on on the old GOT, and we'll get out of here. I also, yeah. I'm at seven percent, and I could plug how, it in, but I'd yeah. have to walk away. How cool of a name is Beric Dundarian, by the way? Philip, I'm so glad you said that. I repeat his name silently to myself in my head at least three times a day. Uh, yeah, I'm just going about my day, and all of a sudden, I think Beric Dondarian. Beric Dondarian, and I go, <laughs> what a cool name. I can't get, mm. That's so funny you say that. Mm. I literally no, I can't get enough. I love every time that guy is on screen. Mm-hmm. I love every time he says anything. I love every time he lights up his sword. And I love every time anyone else says his name because mm-hmm. he's just so darn cool. Beric mm-hmm. Dondarian is so freaking cool. He's my favorite yeah. character, yeah. probably. Every time you come back, you lose a piece of yourself. But no one's ever really gone. <laughs> no. <laughs> um yeah, what happened to the others? Yeah, whatever. That that was my favorite moment in the episode um, when they at the very end when they're visiting um, Hearth Hearthstone. Is that the name of the? Uh, anyways, uh, the young um, he's actually a lord, the lord of um, just got it here. Ned Umber, uh, yeah, the head of House Umber in you know the region of winterfell known as oh last hearth that's what so was the order of events in the episodes that there was a gathering of lords in winterfell and they expressed their support or dismay then they went back to their own lands and while tormund and beric dondarian were on their way were retreating from the wall Mm -hmm. heading south and avoiding the white walkers somehow Mm -hmm. um they came across a town that the White Walkers had already gone through. Yeah, yeah. Last Hearth, I sh- I'm sure the name speaks to its proximity to the wall. It's like the last, you know, bastion of civilization before, you know, you reach the wildlands. Um, so it'd been, it, w- it would have been the first stop along the way. Um, yeah, I don't know where all the, the white army went, you know, the, the White Walkers and the Whites. Um, 
but I guess, you know, they can't be yeah. everywhere. No. Yeah. Where are they are, if they're moving as one solid, just unit where they, how, going, how fast they... are they even moving? Yeah. That's, oh. are they just trudging? Um, so yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of cool this episode, how there was that looming sense of tension and dread where you're like, you're glad all your heroes have finally united in one place, but we know what's coming and how long before things really go down. Mm-hmm. And well, and I did also start to, lose a sense of fear uh as i was thinking i was like okay so we got this army of the dead but we've got two dragons and a huge army you know like maybe it's not because i kind of yeah i mean you don't want it to be overwhelmingly that the bad guys are gonna just slaughter the good guys and then a deus ex machina has to save the good guys but um i do want to be very terrified for the fate of these of these heroes um Mm -hmm. The the episode paralleled the first episode. I saw this online. Um, yes. In a lot of really specific ways. Uh, like, you know, an army arrives in Winterfell. There's a kid who said, who's watching the army arrive. And then, you know, everyone, the arriving army dismounts. Uh, the Lord of Winterfell says, Winterfell is yours. Uh, Ned said it to Robert the first time. And then okay. um, uh, Sansa said it to... Uh, Daenerys this time a bunch of old guys talk about a proposal that might be good for the land um, uh, they go down to the tunnels there's some revelations about birthright and whatnot anyway just good uh, that that's probably mainly what the what they wanted their main idea for the first episode was like let's for thematic and fun purposes just mirror the first episode as a little nod back to you know yeah we've gotten here i I thought that was great i was surprised like seeing the name of the episode was simply winterfell thinking that you know they haven't already named an episode winterfell yeah i was yeah savvy of them to save it for now definitely definitely savvy a nice um that's because that's where it's all where it all happens man Mm -hmm. um well the first episode was winter is coming and this one is winterfell Winter fell. Mm-hmm. So did Bran. That was the other thing. The episode. <laughs> the episode ended with a Jamie Bran encounter. Yeah, yeah. yeah Bran cool. is gonna have absolutely nothing to say to Jamie. I, I think Bran is so over it. He's the three-eyed Raven now. He doesn't have time for mortal trifles. Uh, yeah. Bran's just gonna be like, "Hey, Jamie," and Jamie will be <laughs> like, "Hey, uh, we cool?" And Bran will be like, "Yeah, I'm the three-eyed Raven." <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, a comfy chair anyway uh you know mm-hmm. um which will be which will be a huge departure from mm-hmm. the, what's typically in the series where every character as it looks for every chance for revenge it can possibly find uh and bran will just not even not even give a rip oh gosh yeah i forgot to mention ezrin's warg powers in season two which is what allows asmondius to learn how to, fl- to oh, fly oh yeah he yeah. can Oh yeah, that was, <laughs> was like oh boy, wow. He's a warg now. Great. He's like a full-blown war. He can see visions of animals in distress from miles away. Yeah. But, Send out your warg riders. Yeah, it's so weird that it's the same word. Yeah, I know. We were trying to we were trying to decide are the are the just the zombies in the White Walker army are they called whites w i g t okay I think they also use that term in Skyrim. Um, Draugr whites. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So they're, they're basically Draugr's from Skyrim. Yeah. yeah the, wonderful uh, pairing, Draugr White. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And there are whites, barrel whites, in the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, before Frodo and Sam find Tom Bombadil, they cross through a barrow and That's are right. attacked by whites. Crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And um, the uh, the White Walkers are just kind of a, a magical race of creatures. And you see, and that. they're called White Walkers. W H I T E, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they were created by the the Fey folk. Um, do you remember what they were? The children, the children of, the of the forest. Yeah. So interesting that lore, like mm-hmm. how, yeah, mm-hmm. the fair yeah. folk. But like getting back to my my favorite, like you know, singular moment when Ned Umber, you know, he's you know his corpse has been nailed to the wall with the <sighs> limbs in a spiral around him, and and he's sort of out of focus as it's focusing on like Tormund and uh, Beric talking together and. Then you see the eyes <laughs> of Ned like opened and just blazing blue, and it's like, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, blazing blue, and uh, looks over at him. It's jeez, and he's still slightly out of focus. It's like, oh my god, that was so good. Mm-hmm. And well, that's of course, I was like, all right, first death of the season by Tormund. You know, the dead White Walker kid on the wall is gonna get you, but. Yeah. He just had a great freakout reaction, and Barrack roasted. Because that was such a great image in the first episode, I remember. Like, that's kind of what kept me going with the series, that just intrigue surrounding the White Walker phenomenon. Yep. And, um, yeah, you had those corpses just out in the snow, and then, like, all of a sudden, they disappeared. And I was like, holy crap, WTF. Yes. <laughs> this is awesome. Talk about a hook. Uh, mm-hmm. An ultimate, yep, that absolutely hooked me in to the show forever. Because no matter what was going on with the political intrigue, or whether you were just sick and tired of these characters, or sick and tired of what was going on, or if you ever felt frustrated or even bored of the show, mm-hmm. there was always that knowledge that the white that there was that thing that happened in the first episode with those beasts in the snow, and when mm-hmm. were they going to come back? So that looming that threat. looming threat. So yeah. All right. Well, we better get going so you don't get cut off. But uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on and chatting about this. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad me. you, you kind of came around to the Dragon Prince. Oh, yeah. It's it's def- like, yeah, definitely not a piece of media worth like hating. <laughs> so, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to, more. Yeah, talk sometime about the Avatar adaptation for Netflix, the uh, live action version. Oh my uh, gosh, I forgot be... that mm-hmm. was announced. Mm-hmm. Holy boy. Um, when's that coming out? I don't know. Yeah, so whenever Narnia comes out, I suppose. Which They're, they're doing oh. that. They're doing the Amazon Lord of the Rings prequel. Yeah, it's insane. Which that was confirmed to be Second Age. Okay, yeah. So, uh, um, is, is which there is a Narnia awesome. in the works? For... Narnia was purchased and in development. So Amazon? Yeah. Uh, not, uh, Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, dang. Yeah. All right. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to the Harry Potter reboot that Netflix does. What? Wait, not announced. No, it's not announced. But okay. I I have a theory. I think I think they're gonna redo those. I think they're gonna redo those books, and they're gonna do it in TV, TV format. And yeah. I think that'll be really cool. I think that'll be due for a revisit at some point. 
movies are love, good, but I don't, movies, I don't, but, yeah. yeah, the movies don't feel definitive to me. Yes, especially not the last four or five. Um, what those first it? three, those first three are that's as good as it gets. But um, well, a lot of people bemoan the first two, like Chris Columbus movies. I don't know why. I, I don't like, either. Yeah. They've got the Spielberg magic, dude. Are people like, like just super depressed and like the dark, gritty feel of the later films? I mean, I don't know. And the cinematography in the newer ones is so annoying. It's all murky and mm-hmm. just weird. Whereas, oh, there's I, some clunky prisoner, bits to those things too. Things just looked and felt so real and natural in the first three. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, the, the third one's universally beloved. That was uh, Coron. Alphonse Coron came in, directed that one. But uh, 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 I just had a yeah, yeah. The the gravity and the, mm-hmm. what else? Did Roma. Roma. Freaking mm-hmm. hold up! The director of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban just made Roma. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I should probably watch Roma then. Um. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Um. We surely won't have time to cover all of this. Yeah. But at least uh, get you know. I mean, who's to say? Who's to say what is good or bad? All right. Um, well, we'll, thanks again. Yes. Thank you for joining me. This has been uh, the podcast Conversations About Animation, episode 22. I'm Philip Elke. I'm Dawson uh, Elke. Thanks so much, Dawson. Find us thodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, any various streaming platforms. Um, and yeah, we'll be back with more conversations about animation in the future. Bye.